Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined alongside Wes Hodkowitz and Larry McCarron. We are on location at the NFL Scouting Combine in downtown Indianapolis. And, guys, I want to start today's show talking about the offensive line. We heard from Brian Gutekunst earlier in the week. He actually said when he got through the pre-combine meetings with the rest of his scouting staff, this offensive line crop started to look a little deeper than maybe he thought, a little stronger than maybe he thought going in. And when you look at the Packers' situation, you have a starting open, an open starting spot right now at guard. You have a veteran right tackle who's heading into the last year of his contract in Brian Balaga. So there's a lot for the Packers to keep an eye on. And a lot of these top offensive tackles that are being talked about here some of the discussion is, will they move inside to guard in the NFL? Do they have the versatility to do that? Packers have had some success doing that over the years, Wes. Tell us about that history. Well, the only thing you can go off of right now, Brian Gutekunst, is one draft as, to, as far as him in the GM seat. In last year, that was Cole Madison, who was a four-year starter at right tackle, and he was going to look like he was going to be moving to guard in Green Bay. Now, obviously, situations beyond their control happened. He is not here. But I think that's still the baseline for what they're looking for here. You think of guys like TJ Lang back in 2009, Josh Sitton and what he did at Central Florida moving inside. They've had a lot of success with those prototypes because a lot of times, especially at some of those smaller schools that aren't the power fives, the best offensive lineman is playing tackle. So, so that's where you give them the opportunity to move inside. A lot of it comes down to arm reach. A lot of it comes down to how they feel that those guys will potentially fit in. But I think when you look back over the last 10, 15 years, it's one of the positions the Packers have had a lot of success, whether it's keeping a guy outside like David Bakhtiari or, or moving someone inside to see if he can you know, potentially give a contribution there. Yeah, and some of the names that are being talked about here at the top of that offensive tackle draft board, you have Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, Cody Ford from Oklahoma, Jonah Williams from Alabama, Greg Little from Mississippi, Andre Dillard from Washington State. Now, the discussion about moving these guys to guard, it's, it's a different reason for everybody. With Williams at Alabama, it's the arm length thing that you talked about, Wes. Reisner from Kansas State, he actually has the versatility in his background. He was a freshman All-America center for the Wildcats in Manhattan, Kansas, before moving outside. Larry, I want to get your perspective. I know you played center. But what it, what well, goes those guys into guys are right next door. Yeah, all right. I knew what they were doing. <laughs> but what what goes into a guy switching positions, going from tackle to guard, whether it be at the college level or the transition from college to pro? As like so many things, to a large extent, it depends on the guy. Now, longer people, you mentioned arm length, but people cut longer generally function better outside. It's just that type of game. Inside, the shorter guys kind of excel. Uh, it's more of a leverage game and so forth. But the longer guys, more apt to, to find their niche on the outside. But it depends so much on a guy's adaptability. Can a guy going from playing out of tackle in college, okay, you've got a little space to work with. Now, so does the defender, but you have a little space to work with on the edge. Now you go inside and everything is like this. So it's kind of a different mindset, different approach, and you gotta be able to adapt and have that kind of versatility. And so much, as I mentioned at the start, it depends on the guy. And, and so much in today's game depends on the versatility. If you are not a starter, now the guys you talked about when teams pick them, they're talking about getting a starter. Sometimes it works, sometimes right. it doesn't. 
But if you are not a starter, you almost have to, on game day, be able to play more than one position. You see the Packers do it all the time. You know, when it comes to the active list, if they can shave a spot in the offensive line down a bit or two, you know, and have a, a swing center guard guy and a swing tackle play both sides, or even better yet, like the Packers have enjoyed a number of times over the past few years, where they can have a guy play both guard and tackle. When you have that kind of versatility, it eliminates the numbers of roster spots on game day you have to dedicate to the offensive line. Yeah, and we've seen with the, the Packers, you mentioned Lang and Sitton West, those guys did play a few times at tackle in their NFL right. careers. We saw J.C. Treader playing at center. He kicked out to play offensive tackle in a playoff game for the Packers a few years ago. So that type of versatility is valuable, and I think some of these offensive linemen who we heard from at the podium yesterday, they're on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium going through their workouts today as we're taping this. The more they can show that they can do, and, and perhaps the more open they are. Now, some of these guys, they're a little reluctant to talk about changing because, A, they've done something really well right. their whole careers to this point, but also, B, tackles usually get paid more than guards so they they want to they want to when they get to that second contract they want to be playing tackle but that being said they can improve their draft stock by showing the willingness and the ability to move around well one of the things i love too i mentioned david bakhtiari you go back to now six years ago when david bakhtiari was here so many people were saying this guy's a guard maybe even a center <laughs> and he turns out to be one of the best left tackles those in people football. didn't know what they were talking about <laughs> yeah, perfectly but isn't hey, it but, wait a second wait a second <laughs> Bakhtiari, okay, fourth rounder. I don't give, I don't give a darn. Okay, yep. first one on ones. He's out there on the hot corner. That's left tackle for the uninitiated. Right. He's out on the hot corner. He's going against Clay, Clay Matthews. Matthews. Uh, Clay Matthews well. in his prime, and he stones Clay Matthews. Yep. I'm saying, I don't know where this kid's from. I don't care what they say about him. He is a tackle. He's a and, 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 and you go back about the tackle guard thing. Tackles, they get paid more money, they're harder to find. Right. Yeah, okay, right, and right. especially on the left side. So, like, that that always plays into it. And, of course, you know, people, you know, like, they want to, the guys, if they've been playing tackle, they're thinking, well, that's the most important position. That's the highly, most highly paid position. But, you know, Bakhtiari, I don't know. I just had to yeah. jump in. When no, it's true. I, I don't know who said that. They did not watch practice one. And it's incredible being able to project that because, as you were saying, sometimes you just don't know until you actually see these guys out there. It depends on the guy. It depends on what he's going to be able to do the next level. And a guy like Bakhtiari, he might have only weighed in 299 pounds here, but the chip on his shoulder added another 25. Yeah. And the fact that he was able to come in and have the contribution he did with this team and become the franchise left tackle that he has. I think it just gives you another another example of how the Packers have been able to find those type of players in the fourth and fifth round when a lot of teams, if you go back to that 13 draft, they spent really big high draft capital to get a left tackle and didn't even end up with one in the long run. Yeah, and the point being with uh, these supposed faults in these guys' games that they're talking about that might force them to move inside to guard, it doesn't mean they're not going to succeed right. at tackle in the NFL. This is where these guys, every single thing about their build-up, their makeup and everything is, is scrutinized to the nth degree that's just part of what goes on here but as far as day one as you guys mentioned you have to be able to do it all David Bakhtiari was a right tackle in that scrimmage back in 2013 before Brian Balaga tore his ACL he ends up moving into left tackle and starting that's ever right. since you never know until you finally see it yeah well another position that uh, we heard from as far as the prospects meeting the media were the running backs and one young running back in particular fullback Alec Ingold Wes 
He's a Green Bay native, a Bayport High School graduate. You covered him Great during school. his high school career. Yeah, <laughs> an unbiased opinion there. Except for several alumni, I've heard. <laughs> we can't all One be perfect, though, right? <laughs> Go but ahead. the young Ingold went from Bayport to the University of Wisconsin. Now he is here. He's actually the only fullback Correct. who was invited to the scouting combine you talked to him yesterday Wes why don't you fill us in on his story so here's what's fun about this this is one of the last guys that I covered in high school when I was over at my previous job at the Green Bay Press Gazette and one of the big reasons coming out of high school he wanted to play quarterback he was going to go to northern Illinois he wanted to play a skill position he wanted to play something that he could potentially have a future in as far as the NFL then Paul Chris goes back to Wisconsin, recruits him to Wisconsin as an athlete. He's going to play linebacker now, right? Okay, good, future in the NFL. After one week, a, a scout team practice that he had going into the Alabama game, Chris pulls him aside and he goes, how would you feel about playing running back, more specifically fullback? Not exactly the position you think about when you're thinking of NFL, but he told him very simply, you, this could be a job for you. And as it turned out, I mean, obviously he had to work his way up that depth chart. But to be in this position now, 21 touchdowns in four years at Wisconsin. His dad even told him when he committed, don't be surprised if you don't score a touchdown again. And now, and he now he's at the bunch. NFL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, trying to become the second kid from Bayport to make it first since Dan Benning. Uh, and it's, it's an intriguing thing to watch because for the Green Bay area, it doesn't always happen. As far as the metro area is concerned, the last Green Bay high school graduate that was invited to the combine was Mike Taylor in 2013. So it's been a bit. Well, and you mentioned Dan Benning from Bayport. Just to tell everyone how small a world it is, I covered Dan Benning during <laughs> his high school career. Alec Ingold was a state wrestling champion. Dan Benning was a state finalist at heavyweight in Division One. He went on to play for the Badgers and then was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Had a very nice NFL career, and his jerseys are hanging Correct. at Bayport High School. So, But getting back to the fullback spot here for the Packers, Danny Vitale was a player who was brought on to the roster last year. We heard from Matt LaFleur earlier this week, and when you look at what the, what he did running the offense in Tennessee, it sounds like Matt LaFleur would like to have a fullback, but Larry, he also emphasized that that fullback has to be the right guy to do what he wants to do in his offense. Not unlike what we're talking about earlier. It depends on the guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And whether a team uses and employs a fullback to what degree they're willing to do that, it goes back to what's that fullback like? What is he bringing to the party? Danny Vitale, in the, the short time he's been in Green Bay, that young fellow has some pop in his block now. When yeah. you run the good old-fashioned right. lead play <laughs> and go and, and butt a linebacker right in the mouth, he can do that. And there's some he, he doesn't just go up to the man, he goes through him. And yeah. you really like to see that. And uh, he's, so he's got some pop in his block and seemed to be okay in the other areas. Don't know a bunch about it as far as carrying the ball and, and receiving skills and so forth. But he, he, he's an interesting player that they brought he did, in. He did catch a lot of passes at Northwestern in his college career. He racked up a lot of catches and receiving yards. That's something he hasn't done much yet in the NFL, but we'll see what happens. And But getting back to the overall fullback position, like I think guys playing it can almost force their way on the field if they bring the right tool set with them. Hey, can we count on this guy to be a receiver on third down? Good guy picking up the blitz. Sure. Dependable that way. Is he a good short area, short yardage, goal line type runner? Is he one of those guys? Can he play special teams? So, well, you know, a roster spot. I mean, I can remember not too long ago, the Packers had two fullbacks on right. the roster. <laughs> right. Like Three, four so years. it's very dependent on what those fullbacks are as football players. Yeah, and 
For some reason, and maybe you can give us some insight into this, Larry, fullbacks in Green Bay seem to become the uh, fan favorites and cult heroes, whether you're talking about William Henderson or John Kuhn, Aaron Ripkowski. What is it about that position that the fans always seem to gravitate toward? Oh, I think that's he's blue collar. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay people, Wisconsin people, they appreciate the good old-fashioned blue collar try-hard guy. The guy that's going to stick his nose in there and fight to the finish week in and week out. I mean, that, that's Wisconsin. And, yeah. that, and I think that's why fullbacks are always very, very popular players in Green Bay and beyond. Yeah, and I want to throw this in, too, because they did try to go the H-back route at the beginning of last season. And Lance Kendricks, I thought, filled that role amicably. They tried it with Mercedes Lewis. But there's also something about a guy that's just in that six-foot range, much like Alec Ingold is, much like Danny Vitale is, that just allows them, as far as their pad level, to be able to get up under blockers little bit better it just seemed like even though they did try that the first half of last season it wasn't in their wheelhouse it just wasn't what their running game is about yeah and Wes you also looked up in your story on Ingold how the snaps for fullbacks in the NFL it's starting to uh there's there's an interesting trend here that's developing but you wonder if with the success that a team like the New England Patriots have had with with James Devlin if it's going to start to swing back the other way in terms of maybe the fullback isn't exactly going away in this league there were only two fullbacks in the NFL last year that had over 200 offensive snaps it doesn't happen much but Devlin was one of them in three of the last four teams in the part you know the, the playoffs trying to make that run of the Super Bowl did have a fullback on their roster. Roster. I, I, and there was a really good quote, I believe it was from Kyle Shanahan, if it wasn't, excuse me, but just saying that if you know you look at that game, that Super Bowl, if they had a fullback, if if the Rams would have had somebody to sort of have a change up there, maybe the, the Patriots wouldn't have been able to exert their will the way they did. Actually, it was Matt LaFleur who said that. And I, I think there's, that's a really salient point. The fact that if you have somebody like that can make them make an adjustment, it can go a long way with what you want to do with your offensive game plan. Yeah, it can certainly change things up. Well, one other thing to keep in mind here guys as we wrap up today's show I know all the media is here anybody who's anybody in the NFL is here in Indianapolis this week but it's important and Larry had pointed this out on one of our three things videos we did when we first got to town here and that is that you have to have the right perspective on this event it is one piece of the puzzle so to speak in a long process of scouting these players which goes back to the scouts going to the campuses and watching them practice and going to their games and going over all the film and interviewing their coaches then they come here and yes they get to they get to interview them they get all the the medical checks and all of those kinds of things but uh, this is just one piece of the pie so for all the media talk and the media hype about certain guys and how they work out and everything like that don't get too caught up in it I, I you know there's 300 and some guys that end up coming yeah. here every year but as you pointed out from day one I mean you look at a guy like Philip Lindsley last year ends up be becoming a pro bowler as an undrafted free agent undrafted rookie those stories are out there and you can do 40 times in vertical jumps until you're blue in the face but the fact of the matter is it's about what you can do on the football field Larry I don't know about you but I'm guessing it was your 40 time that made you a two-time pro bowler I mean that's just the way this game is played it's the type of things that I think that you can't always measure so there is some of that to keep Keep in mind. Keep in mind what Brian Gutekunst said the other day. Tape. The guy's tape is number one. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Tape is number one. How they play.
Yeah, and we heard from we've heard from Ted Thompson over the years as well. He always talked about how you come back from the combine and the draft board starts to shift around a little bit. Then they go back and look at the tape, yeah. like Larry's yeah. talking about, and then the draft board kind of shifts back to the to the way it was before because that's really the best thing you have to go on with these players. This is a, a supplement to the evaluation, but what really matters is what they did on the field and what's on video. I mean, look at a guy like Tyler Lancaster last year. Right now, I understand. I think he had 35 bench reps at his. I mean, he's a country strong kid. I mean, he's just that type of player. But I just think, you know, there's guys that don't get those invites that, you know, catch an eye and end up becoming players in this league. It happens every single year. The job for Gutekunst, the job for his uh, scouts right now is figuring out that balance, figuring out the Jair Alexanders that are going to jump out on film and the Marquez Valdez Scantlings and also finding those Tyler Lancasters that are kind of hidden in the rough as well. Yeah, no question about it. Well, with that, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted from the NFL Scouting Combine. A special thanks to Larry McCarron for joining us for a couple of episodes. Wes and I will have one more episode here over the weekend, probably posting on Monday on the website here from Indianapolis. With that, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you next time.